And by everyone, I'm including the people who hate listen to this podcast. Shout out to you. I know you exist. So shout out. Um, I will be talking about episode two of And Just Like That. And of course, this episode is late, but when you podcast for free, episodes will be late sometimes. I know Joe Rogan. Um, Okay, so I also don't want to do any editing on this episode because it's late. I have a billion things to do. So we'll see how successful I am um, at it. So episode two of And Just Like That begins with child pornography compliments of 17-year-old Brady and his girlfriend. So Miranda's son is um, in his bed. He's on his back. His girlfriend is riding him. It's loud. It's way too long of a scene that is entirely unnecessary. And then the bed is just banging against the wall and um, his room, Brady's room, is right next to the living room and Miranda, she doesn't say shit about her son banging his girlfriend in their house any time of day or night. Apparently, it's not a problem. Um, so then Steve says that he can barely hear them fucking. And Steve, he doesn't even hear the house phone when it rings. Yes, Miranda receives a call on her house phone from Carrie. Why? I don't know. I heard that Michael Patrick King is 70 years old, so maybe that's why. Um, Not to be ageist, but maybe that's why (laughs) the writers were like, you know what? What we should have happen is Carrie calling Miranda's house phone. So Carrie calls Miranda to let her know, to let Miranda know that Big has passed. And then we see that Charlotte is crying and Carrie, although she lost her husband, she, she's not crying. Um, so then Charlotte and Carrie, they go to a funeral home. Charlotte is a lot sadder than Carrie and Carrie After they meet um, with the person in the funeral home, Carrie tells Charlotte that she'd prefer to be alone when Charlotte gets in her ride to leave. And, you know, Carrie, she's nice and bitchy to Charlotte. Like, she weaves in and out of it, but she definitely tends to be mean, pretty mean to Charlotte. Like, Charlotte is kind of this weird punching bag, and it's just odd because... Charlotte is such a stand-up friend. So then Miranda tries to be a white savior for her black professor when her black teacher cannot find her ID to get in. And I need to know what the fuck Charlotte's beautiful, gorgeous friend that she's so pressed to be, to impress, like, what, what, what was she wearing? She was wearing this, like, silver and gold bracelets, like, sewn onto some, like, it looked like a, a piece of, um, like a curtain or some shit that she was wearing with some, like, weird bracelets sewn on. The, the fashion or lack thereof on this series is, frightening. It's shocking. It's like, 
That's one of the reasons you can tune in to end just like that to see what the fuck these people are wearing. Um, so back in Carrie's apartment, she's in her closet. And I noticed this is like something I noticed and I didn't see other people saying it too. So I'm highlighting that because at this point you've watched the show, you've maybe heard what other people have said. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, what can I say that hasn't been said already? Right. Um, but when Carrie is sitting in her closet and all of Big's clothes are behind her, his sleeves, the sleeves of his jackets and his shirts, mostly his jackets, blazers, whatever, they're all different lengths. So from like one to four inches, there's like a one to four inch difference. It looked like, um, from what I could see in the length of his sleeves. And I'm like, since when do people like have longer arms one day and shorter day, shorter arms other days. So it's like the people who put the set together just decided to be insanely sloppy, get hella clothes, throw them in a closet and not even make sure that they're all the same fucking size, which is to be expected with this series because it's a complete flaming train wreck, right? In every single possible way. But I noticed that like, if you go back and look, the clothes, Big's clothes in his closet, they're different sizes. So now we get to Big's funeral and um, I don't know, there was something very cold and empty and clinical about it. Whereas I think a funeral home or a church, it would have been a lot more cozy. I don't know. It was just, it had a museum feel that I didn't really care for. I did love Carrie's heels and I did like her outfit so when they do good I will say it when they fail I will also say it but her heels were everything I think um so then there were gorgeous flowers of course a big funeral those were sent by Samantha Samantha sent Carrie a note that said love Samantha with no sorry for your loss no sending my condolences you'll get through this all the note said was love Samantha. It was sweet. It was a very kind gesture, but it was a weird way of extending an olive branch. Like she lost her spouse and there was just no mention of big or how she hopes that Carrie will pull through. And I thought that was really strange. So then, um, Carrie, hold on one second. Um, Jay tells Carrie that she used to be a bouncer at a lesbian club and, you know, basically she could be a like volunteer bouncer if there's any drama at the funeral. <sighs> They're really, um, kind of beating us over the head with the lesbian stereotypes. So Carrie tells Jay, thanks for the laugh. And then Jay says, quote, technically, only a smile. I'm a stand-up. I noticed these things. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> I just... I, The dialogue. Who says that? Who says that they notice a smile because they're a stand-up? Nobody talks like this, regardless of their profession. Like, it's just... It's so corny and stupid. So then, Miranda, she gets a drink early at the funeral 
And she says that she's family. When she goes up to the bartender, she's like, that's why I need to drink. Can you hurry up? I'm about to go speak. And it's like, none of these bitches are likable. As people have said, it's like, if anybody on the cast of Sex in the City was likable, they are not likable. And and just like that. Um, Big's assistant is bawling her eyes out very loudly at the funeral. It's just, it can, it goes along with the theme of so many things in this series making absolutely no sense. So this woman is crying loudly in the back because why? Right? Like that doesn't make us feel bad. It doesn't make us feel emotional. And now I can't believe I'm looking at my notes and I don't even have it in my notes for whatever reason. But Miranda gave a speech that was written by Carrie and it was one of the worst speeches I've ever heard in my life. So to the writers who put together this speech, I hope you're happy with it. But those of us who actually listened to the speech, we are wondering why it sounded like something a six-year-old put together while riding the bus to school. This is Carrie talking about her husband and the love of her life. And it was this weird, awkward, beyond basic type of poem. We were, we'll miss him. We we're lucky. I was like, this says nothing about big. I thought when people talk about the person who passed at a funeral, it's supposed to have um, content that actually has to do with the person who passed, but it had literally nothing to do with big, how he affected Carrie's life, what he meant to her. It was so vague and like some copied and pasted shit that somebody could pull from anywhere to talk about anyone. It was, it wasn't personal at all or sentimental. It was just very awkward and strange and, and things like that in the show, right? A speech written by the wife of someone who suddenly, um, tragically passed in her arms. Nobody cared about it, whether the speech should be good or not, you know, apparently like that was irrelevant. We just had to see Miranda on stage saying, um, yeah, Carrie wrote this bullshit. I'm like, okay, all right. She didn't say the word bullshit, but this show is, I'm so lost on this show and I watch it when I'm sober and I know, like, I just, I have too many questions. Like maybe I shouldn't be watching it when I'm sober because I'm so lost. So then Miranda sees that Brady, her son is smoking pot with Che And she completely loses her mind and she tells Che not to mess with her. And so, you know, Miranda is a horrific mother. Weed bad, loud sex good. Then some Chucky doll tries to rob Miranda's teacher at the subway station because that makes perfect sense. It really does. And I just, I appreciated it. Like one of my favorite things about this entire series is the Chucky doll, the Chucky doll trying to steal from Miranda's teacher because it, it goes, <laughs> it makes sense to me because so little makes sense in the show. That makes sense to me. Like, as far as like, you guys need to just keep doing the most, keep making the most nonsensical, ridiculous, over the top, cringy, awkward, um, show that nobody's happy about that everybody hates. So then Charlotte thinks that Carrie is mad at her because, you know, Carrie went and she to her daughter's recital instead of being with Big and the Hamptons. And Carrie said that she should have gone to the Hamptons and she had an outburst. 
about um like she I basically sh- she said I wish I did or something like that. She had an outburst in the hallway of her apartment, and that was the literal only outburst Carrie ever had about big passing. Um, so then we see that Carrie is on her couch. She wants another pill, and she says that she learned how, and just like that, I learned how long five hours is. So every episode is ending with Carrie saying, and just like that, because apparently we need to be reminded of one of, of the title, one of the shittiest shows of all time. Um, and the people who wrote this show, it the way that Carrie truly wholeheartedly does not care about her husband passing is so perplexing and awkward. And so it's like, you, you got to pick a lane. If you're going to show big passing and you're going to have it be as dramatic and sad as possible, then you need to have his spouse care about that. Because when Big left Carrie at the altar, she was destroyed. And now Carrie is acting like Big just didn't text her back one day. And so I don't understand why we were taking on taken along on this ride and this journey of seeing Big pass after riding his bike which makes everybody not which makes everybody want to exercise a little less. If you're going to show us that heart-wrenching episode 1, why are you act why are you at, having Carrie act as though her husband dying is not a big deal? It just doesn't align with who Carrie is. It doesn't align with the show. It doesn't align with how she reacted when Big left her at the altar. And we're confused. And then it's like, if you're going to uh, make Carrie unrealistically move forward so quickly and not really bawling, just kind of keeping herself, laying around in bed, if you're going to do that, we'll make everything else in the show make sense. But nothing in this series makes sense. Um, So that was episode two of And Just Like That. And I will go ahead and record my review of episode three right now and I'll put both of these out on the same day thanks for your patience um you know I thought about just being like okay I'm not gonna do the whole fucking series because the series is so painful to watch and it's so excruciating to like watch it again to do notes and recap it and I just it's a nightmare but I said you know what I cannot speak for the future, but I'm trying to stick to my word when it comes to this. So, okay, let's get into episode three.